Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. Tonight, we've got the Colts and the Texans. Where the heck did Jonathan Williams come from? And with Marlon Mack, should this guy be not only picked up but starting in every league this week? No. Uh, look, I, I think Jonathan Williams is a bit of fool's gold right now. I think everybody is diving headfirst into the uh, free agent pool to acquire his services. People smashing piggy banks across the country trying to get him on their roster. But uh, I think Jordan Wilkins is really the running back that you want to have in this Colts backfield. Look, it's going to be a full-blown RBBC. You know, Frank Reich started to come out and kind of said that. You know, Naheem Hines is still going to play this satellite role as the pass-catching running back. And Williams is going to be involved. Yeah, he went over 100 yards. You know, he's a cast-off from the Buffalo Bills. He got a cup of coffee with the New Orleans Saints, a guy that's shown, you know, previously in brief uh, instances that he can play in this league. But Wilkins is a beast between the tackles. I loved his film. I loved his uh, overall profile when he came out of Ole Miss. A guy that's accumulated 4.59 yards after contact per attempt this season, though, in limited doses. Uh, I think you're going to see him really seize control of this backfield uh, tonight. Uh, And Houston's really kind of come unraveled defending the run, giving up 4.4 yards per carry now all of a sudden on the season of the running back position. So I would be focused more on Jordan Wilkins than I would be on Jonathan Williams. Though we're going to see how it plays out tonight. Well, then who the hell do we focus on in the Dallas backfield? Because it's obviously Zeke Elliott's backfield, but Tony Pollard is not only graded higher in PFF, uh, he's looked like the better back. Is he going to turn that corner this week against New England? Well, maybe. I mean, he's going to be involved in some capacity. And and do you think Jerry made a mistake paying Zeke? You know, I I actually commented uh, in my column about this uh, exact a perspective this week. I said, would Dallas be in any different standing in terms of record or whatever in, in the playoff pecking order if Tony Pollard were the starting running back the entire season and not Zeke Elliott? My argument was, no, they'd probably be in the exact same place they are right now. And this is why you don't pay the running back position. Quarterback is the most indispensable position in the NFL. And Dak Prescott is worth every single penny. He is the heart and soul of this team because, let's be honest, I mean, Zeke's had a couple of nice games. Uh, but he's been largely pedestrian compared to previous iterations of Zeke. So Tony Pollard's a talented dude. We saw it in the preseason. It's carried over in uh, brief uh, glimpses in the regular season. But you're right. I mean, uh, you're going to see him probably work more in tandem. Maybe they utilize him in an Austin Eckler role. He had that TD reception last week on a nice little slant route uh, that he turned up field and took it to the house. But his break tackle ability is outstanding. He's got a three-down skill set. And I've been really impressed with him when I have seen him on the field. And again, that's only been in small dosages. All right. So, Brad, I've thought of this before. I might have asked this before. But do you think that there should be some mechanism whereby pass interference 
is involved in fantasy calculations because there's a lot of pass interference penalties. Some of them are big yardage. Some of them, like the DeAndre Hopkins one, aren't even called. That's a whole other story. But there are guys, like over the years, Torrey Smith, I think, used to get 500 yards a year in pass interference penalties. Do you think that that should somehow be factored into fantasy calculations? No, I mean, it's just part of the game. It sucks. Uh, there's no other way to, you know, describe it. No way to really mince words about it. Uh, it's just one of those uh, instances in, in the virtual game where you hope you're on the right side of it and you can benefit in some capacity. You know, we've all benefited from a PI call in the end zone where the running back then gets the ball at the one yard line and punches it in for six. Uh, so that's been a positive repercussion of, uh, of such a circumstance. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how you would score it. I mean, maybe you get like a half a point. It's almost like a reception. If uh, a PI is called uh, against your player or on your player, I guess, uh, if it is like an OPI call, I guess you could uh, have a minus half a point reduction. So that could be a negative. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's it's something that would overcomplicate the game uh, if you were to quantify it. But I, I just accept it for what it is. And that is a whole lot of inconsistency in how that is called. <laughs> well, it seems like one of the guys that's been hurt by it this year has been DeAndre Hopkins. He, yeah. I felt like the last few years, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, had been up there with guys like Michael Thomas in terms of consistency that has not been the case necessarily. Are you concerned about DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, I mean, look, DeAndre Hopkins is still getting it done. Um, you know, when he has been on the field this season, you know, last time, for example, against the Indianapolis Colts, he had 106 yards on nine receptions and a touchdown. You know, guys are going to poke. They're going to prod. They're going to grab. Uh, they're going to try to trip. They're going to try to do all kinds of dirty things. And hopefully the zebras are, you know, turning the other way and not paying any attention uh, when you're facing some of these elite talents. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is so good out of his breaks. He's one of the smoothest route runners in the league. And I've argued this for a long time. He's got the best hands in the league. Now, inexplicably, he had a couple of drops early this season, which is uncharacteristic for him. Uh, but he is one of the most dominant wideouts in the game today. So uh, I'm eager to see that tonight. I, I, you know, I don't know what player prop bets are out there. I haven't looked at it yet today in regards to Hopkins, but I'm sure it's like an over-under of like 91 and a half, 92 and a half yards. I'd definitely be inclined to take the over there. But you hope, as you just mentioned, that some of these PI calls don't come into play and mitigate his possibility of hitting the over. P.I. has not been the problem for Cooper Cup. It's largely been the quarterback. He completed 11 passes last week. Is Cooper Cup something you need to concern yourself with moving forward, in particular this weekend against the Ravens? Yeah, I, I am a little bit concerned. Look, uh, this entire offense of the Rams is predicated on what? Play action. And Jared Goff right now is one of the worst play action quarterbacks in the league in terms of passer rating in those situations. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that, uh, you know, Todd Gurley's not been running the ball consistently and effectively. But if we saw the version of Todd Gurley last week uh, show up again this week against the Baltimore Ravens, uh, it should boost the offense as a whole. Now, Cooper Cup, you know, last couple of games, seven targets, just three receptions, 53 yards, no touchdown. 
I do worry about his fantasy production against the Ravens because the Ravens secondary, when you have the full complement of DBs, Jimmy Smith back in uniform, Marcus Peters, who's in a revenge game narrative against his former employer uh, in the LA Rams, and he's been brilliant since coming over via trade. I mean, this is one of the better defensive backfields in the NFL that few people are talking about. Yeah, Lamar Jackson is is getting all the headlines and deservedly so, but the Ravens defense right now is ascending. Uh, they've been more middle of the pack in terms of defending the run. They're giving up uh, north of four yards per carry the running back position. So Gurley could have some success here, but they have to get Gurley going and he's got to get a steady dose to try to open up this pass game. But still, even if that does occur, uh, I think Cooper Cup will be under, say, 70 yards on a handful of receptions, no touchdown, that's about it. All right, we want to get some good gambling tips for the weekend. Now, you, you got four NFL, you got four college football. Where are we putting our money this weekend? Yeah, let's start off on Saturday. Uh, we've got some interesting plays here. First and foremost, I love the Indiana Hoosiers at home catching nine against Michigan. The public, uh, as usual, hammering the Wolverines, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh and company there. Uh, Michigan 6-1 ATS the last seven, but so is Indiana. Same exact record. They're at home. That's too many points. I think Michigan wins by a touchdown. Indiana scores a cover. My fighting Illini are getting 15, some areas 15 and a half, depending upon what book you look at, against Iowa on the road. The fighting loveys and that glorious uh, face sweater that he is sporting right now. My Illini have covered in five consecutive games. This game will be more competitive than people think. Iowa's got offensive problems. Illinois, easy cover there. And no, that is not my orange and blue bias bleeding through. Boston College. I always fade Notre Dame. It didn't work out last week against Navy. Uh, but I'm going back to the table this week. Again, the public always loves the fighting Irish. I like Boston College. Plus 19. I know they got some quarterback carousel action going on there. But BC, 9-3. and three, And it's last 12 games on the road against the spread. And then give me Minnesota, minus 13 and a half. Now, this is one of those fishy lines, right? It seems too good to be true. That's what they're laying at Northwestern. Northwestern sucks. They are the dregs of the keg, not only in the Big Ten, but really in the country. They're coming off a huge win in their estimation, their eyes, against UMass. But UMass is the worst in terms of efficiency ranks of any team in college football. So I'm going to lay the 13 and a half. On the Golden Gophers, Minnesota 6-1 against the spread the last seven. Uh, you look at Northwestern, 0-5-1, the last six ATS at home. NFL, give me green. Yes, on the season. Uh, I think they're going to win this game outright. I also like Oakland, minus 2.5 at the New York Jets. The Raiders, 5-2 ATS in its last seven games. Uh, and I'm taking the under in Dallas and New England. I think this is going to be a war of attrition. Patriots under in eight of the last 11 contests. Dallas, however, over in five of the last six, but still it's going to be under the 46. And again, I'm signed with the public. I usually don't like to do it, but this is just too good to pass up. The Ravens smash the Rams in L.A. They're only laying three. They're going to win this game by double figures. This is a head scratcher, but I think it's one that's going to pay off in the end. All right, he's got all your money bets for the weekend, Brad Evans. Good to see you, my friend. Follow him at Yahoo Noise on Twitter. All his stuff posted on Yahoo Sports. Love the T-shirt. Bo knows. Good to see you, my friend. Good luck this weekend. 
Muchas gracias, gentlemen. See ya. Enjoy the tequila Thursday. Quick break for us. When we come back, we'll go to Dallas. Why the Cowboys will beat the Patriots is Dak, a better quarterback than Tom Brady. Mike Fisher, 105.3 The Fan, after a quick break. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, we're going to go to Dallas 105.3, the fan in just a bit to break down why the Cowboys will beat the Patriots in one of the marquee matchups of the NFL slate in week 10. You got to love this game. You got the number one overall offense in total yards. You got the number one defense in the NFL in total yards. Should be outstanding. This is Home and Home, a radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out, ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker's home in Pennsylvania. Let's go to Dallas. Let's bring in our friend Mike Fisher, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Good to see you, Fish. What's going on, man? Well, we got uh, a marquee game uh, involving one team that knows it's going to win and one fan base, I think, in DFW that's wondering how in the world the Cowboys can possibly win. Fish, you are looking dapper, by the way, and I love the uh, the logoed polo shirt for 105.3, the fan there in Dallas. I got to know, though, when did you become a button-the-top button guy, and what's the logic and philosophy there? The reason my top button is button is because I was going to wear a jacket. And then you guys shocked me with your shocking call. So I didn't have time to put on a jacket and I thought it'd be really rude to put on the jacket while I'm actually on the air. That's virtually unprecedented. But see now. Ooh, that looks nice. You look <laughs> sharp now, man. Now, now you really look sharp. Okay, but I still need to know. Even when you have the jacket on, you feel like the top button needs to be but I, I don't know anything about fashion. Every time I see you, you look great. So tell me about that. Like even with a, a polo shirt with a jacket, you believe should have the top button button? No, you you look very fashionable. Did you get a free bowl of soup with that T-shirt? <laughs> hey, hey, Fish, do you know this? It's Ray Finkel from Ace Ventura right there. <laughs> Lace is out. And I didn't get a free bowl of soup, but I did get a free T-shirt from somebody somehow, some way. I have no idea. It just got sent to me in the mail. So shout out to the uh, the anonymous donor. <laughs> Lovely. All right. So, Fish, I wrote a story this week for The Athletic, and I didn't really have an answer to it. Uh, but my question was simple. I'm going to ask you this. Why aren't the Cowboys better? 
I mean, I'm watching the Red Zone Sunday, and all the games were blowouts at 1 o'clock, except for the Cowboys against Jeff Driscoll and the Lions. MVP quarterback, all-pro running back, stud receivers, great offensive line, Demarcus Lawrence, Robert Quinn, Lane Vander as Jalen Smith. Why are the Cowboys not better? First of all, I read your fine piece uh, as part of my research for this program, so I'm very familiar with your work. Uh, and I give you one of two explanations. One, all those accolades that you just read off, that's it's just a bunch of hype that that we overrate the Cowboys. And I know we do in this town. Every year in this town, we do it. Maybe that's the result of Jerry being the greatest hype man of all time. Or the other, maybe more logical solution is, look at all these games in which they've been one play away. They lose to New Orleans, 12 to 10 at New Orleans. That's that's one play away. Uh, one stop away, one tackle away, one completion away. The loss of the Jets, Michael Gallup will tell you, maybe his three drops had something to do with that. Michael Gallup is a standout receiver, maybe even a potential number one kind of receiver someday, but he was awful on that particular day uh, against Green Bay. One play would have done it. So I think that's a really good working theory is that this is a very talented team with a guy who I thought in Dak Prescott, I thought if, if he's good, they'll be great because I thought what you thought about the roster, and of course it's been the other way around. He's been great, and the rest of them have been, oh, pretty good. Had they been one play better, this team would have an even better record than six and four. You know, it's funny, Fish. Uh, I'm glad you read that. I think that might have been the worst story I've ever written. I I, I I didn't even try to come up with a solution or an answer at the end. I just stated what I told you, which is that I think it's weird that they are mediocre, maybe slightly above average. As you well know, and I'm surprised you didn't reference this, almost every person in the comment section and every, almost every social media response had the same name or the same gif, and it was the red-headed Princetonian on the sideline clapping like that, or he does this thing with it. I don't know what that one is. Most people believe the reason why the Cowboys are not better is all Jason Garrett's fault. Your thoughts on that being pretty much the general consensus. It is the consensus among Cowboy fans, and some media people are just tired of him, too. Ten years is a long time. Ten years of cliches is a long time, especially when you haven't gotten up and over that big hump. Here's what the the audience And listen, I'm a fish, no pun intended, swimming upstream here. Uh, I've I've known Jason Garrett for 25 years. I like him. We we have a friendship of sorts. How do we separate the wins from the losses and the blame from the credit? If Dak Prescott is a top six MVP candidate, why isn't that in part Jason Garrett's credit? Didn't he have something to do with that? So what we've done here is because Chris Richard is a favorite pet because he's young and newer, and Kellen Moore is a favorite pet because he's young and newer. The guys we bash are the older guys that we're tired of. Rod Marinelli gets bashed, but Richard doesn't. Uh, Kellen Moore does not get bashed, but Jason Garrett does. It really is as if we're like, well, they have six wins and four losses. The six wins was because of Kellen Moore and Chris Richard. The four losses are because of Jason Garrett and Rod Marinelli. And obviously that's neither fair or sensible. 
All right, there's there's a lot ailing this team, and it's not just the coach. What happened to Zeke Elliott? And, and it's hard to quantify some of these things, but our friends from Pro Football Focus were on this week, Fish, and they have Zeke Elliott as the 18th graded running back in the league. Did that contract do him harm? Did it, did it kill the hunger? That doesn't seem like that's his makeup. Uh, I think we can go back and say, did spending all that time in Cabo, was that, was that beneficial? Was the contract holdout beneficial? Um, and yet, and I don't disagree with somebody that says every once in a while, you'll look at a play and you say, he lacks a little pop there. He could use a little more pop. But uh, it was just the game before the Detroit game, wasn't it? That didn't he have 139 easy rushing yards? And I think he had three straight games with 100 yard uh, rush, uh, 100 yards gained. So I don't think Ezekiel Elliott and his performance is a problem. I think maybe his usage is an issue. Uh, two games ago, they lost to Minnesota because of, as we've discussed here before, uh, institutionalized stubbornness. They, they were giving the ball to Ezekiel Elliott in positions that he wasn't going to win. Mike Zimmer and the Vikings decided he wasn't going to win. Maybe that was the coaching staff and the play calling's fault uh, in the end. And I say this with all due deference to, I don't know who the other 17 guys are. I, I don't know that I can rattle off 17 guys who are better than Ezekiel Elliott. But Dalvin Cook in Minnesota is outstanding and different. Uh, there's a collection of those kind of guys. Elvin Kamara, when he's healthy, outstanding and different. But if I had to go win one game and Ezekiel Elliott was my running back, I would think he's the solution, not the problem. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, Fish, I saw you before that Giants game on Monday night a few weeks ago, the Black Cat game. I thought Zeke was unbelievable in that game. I, I didn't know why they didn't just keep running outside zone and handing it to him every time. I interviewed him after the game. I thought he was fantastic. So I'm not worried about him. I am curious to see what happens on Sunday. What about the defense, though? Because that was the one thing that I thought, looking at the scores of their games and, and thinking about why they're here. Now, they only gave up 12 points to Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints. But I, I think it's fair to say the defense has been a little disappointing, and I'm curious to get your thoughts as to why. Yeah, and, and of course, we have a recency bias on a lot of this stuff. That's why the Zeke thing comes up. Everybody forgot that he had 139 yards against the Giants or whatever it was. And now we're worried about he just had 40. So we're, we're not thinking very far back. We don't have very good memories. Defensively, we should remember what the Cowboys did in the playoff game against the Rams when some forklift driver from Home Depot – came on over and rushed for 200 yards in the game. The Cowboys, <laughs> defense, does not, Cowboys defense does not stop the run. Uh, and, and maybe their way of winning at New England or winning anywhere is to try, as you might, to, to, to have the score be enough in your favor at a time where the other team's running game uh, is not really in play. Cowboys pass rush is terrific. And, and maybe, maybe this comes into play in New England where I believe Tom Brady – who's still, you know, maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. But this year isn't quite the same Tom Brady. I think that's fair. Uh, I, I think he throws the, the ball away more than anybody and faster than anybody. And then with Sony Michelle, they, they try to establish the run and don't seem to be able to do it. Maybe that's a good match for Dallas this weekend. But running against Dallas is the way to beat this defense. Yeah, honest question. Who would you take right now to win a football game, Dak or Brady? Oh, there's a lot of people over the course of the last two decades that have bet against Tom Brady and bet a lot of money against Tom Brady. 
and those people are living in a cardboard box under a bridge. <laughs> so as much as I believe that Dak Prescott really does deserve to be in the MVP conversation, you know, as a top six candidate or whatever, uh, you bet against Tom Brady over the course of the last two decades, you're an idiot. All right, so Fish, let's get into it. Am I crazy for thinking that the Cowboys might win this game and I wouldn't be surprised if they did? Cowboy fans here in media too, and I've said this on 105.3 The Fan, we'll do it again this afternoon with G-Bag Nation, where I'll wrestle with my friend Gavin Dawson, who has spent a lot of time trying to figure out all the ways the Cowboys are going to lose. Uh, and I said this, this earlier today, and I'll say it to Gavin uh, later today, we did the same thing before the Detroit game. Spent a lot of time analyzing how they were going to lose a game uh, in which they were probably favored by five or six or whatever. Now they're six and a half point underdogs. So working on the assumption they'll lose is fine. But the coaching staff, it needs to spend time on how they're going to win, not on their, how they're going to lose. And I think the fan base would be wise to do the same. There's such a gigantic gap between these two teams on special teams. Gigantic. The Cowboys return game and coverage game is awful. Meanwhile, every time you turn on a Patriots game, they're downing a punt inside the five. It's uncanny how good they are at that. That seems like an area that you could close a gap. It, that, that seems like that's not a talent problem. Uh, it, it, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a hustle issue. Maybe it's a want-to issue. That's a gap that can be closed. I would also suggest that you almost know that Bill Belichick, who throws a different, different defense at you every series, right? Different personnel groups, every offensive series. You almost know he's going to throw an exotic at you. Maybe you need to throw two exotics at him. Talking to Mike Fisher, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Who wins and why? Oh, the, the logic is that the Patriots and home uh, are about as unbeatable as anything in football, not just this year, but for a long, long time. So uh, you, you would have to be an incredible homer. To, to put money on the Cowboys. I will put money on it being a showcase game. I'll put money on it maybe being one of the highest rated games of all time. Uh, and I'll put money on Dak Prescott being up to the challenge, but I won't put money on the Cowboys. Uh, the, the Patriots are the smart pick. So uh, let's fast forward a little bit here. Uh, Fish, as you know, I live outside of Philadelphia. So I don't know what's going to happen in the Seattle game, but everybody already believes one way or the other it's coming down to that Week 16 matchup with the Cowboys and the Eagles. Let's say the Cowboys don't get it done, and let's say Jerry Jones elects to move on from Jason Garrett. You know, he's not under contract after this year, and it's time for Jerry to move on. Do you think he'd go more with, like, an established NFL head coach, more of a – NFL coordinator type, more of the college type? Because Dave and I were talking earlier, and the way the offense is playing, I almost, like, do you bring in Lincoln Riley? Like, I mean, I don't know if Lincoln Riley is a great game management coach. His defenses stink. I, what do you bring Lincoln Riley in to do? Be the same thing Kellen Moore already is? What direction do you think Jerry and the Cowboys would go if it comes to that? I've seen some people say that Lincoln Riley, that's just just that obvious and that easy. And I've countered by saying, first of all, he has a friendship with Stephen Jones uh, and he's regional. Those are the only two real connections. Uh, I've seen some people say that there's probably a short list. There shouldn't be a short list and, and there isn't. There's a long list. And every NFL owner and general manager needs to have a filing cabinet 
this deep with names in it and ideas in it. But I think we should be open-minded, first of all. Um, well, let, first of all, we should be closed-minded about Jason Garrett's future. If they don't get over some sort of premium hump in the postseason this year, Jason Garrett will not be the head coach next year. So I, I think you can close that argument. I, I think that's pretty solid. The open-mindedness comes with this old story. So this is 1990, I think. And I'm sitting in Jerry Jones's outer office. And they had just let go of Dave Shula, I believe. So Jimmy Johnson's team needed an offensive coordinator. And Jerry comes out to his uh, long-suffering secretary, Marilyn Love, and says, can you get somebody to bring me a, a Los Angeles Rams um, press packet, a media guide? And he wanted to look at the media guide and figure out how in the world do you pronounce the first name of this guy named Norval Turner? Who is Norval Turner? All I know is we're going to interview him. And of course, Norval Turner is Norv Turner. And the Cowboys interview him and he became one of the greatest offensive coordinators, maybe of all time, in the way he uh, helped engineer and work with Aikman, Emmett, and Urban. So the, my point is that sometimes these things just kind of come on you and, and they come on you in a way that, first of all, I think Norv was the fourth choice that year for, to be the offensive coordinator. They went through the other guys. And second of all, they hired him without barely knowing how to pronounce his name. <laughs> That's a good story to sum that all up. Another guy that people are still learning his name, and this is our last question, is Luka Doncic. And is he the best player in the NBA? Last night, 25 minutes. He pulls a triple-double, 35 points, 10 points, 11 boards. He is 20 years old. Is he the number one player in the NBA at 20? Well, he was the best rookie last year. He'll be an all-star for sure this year. And if the Mavericks have a good record, and right now they're 9-5 and five as we speak, uh, he'll be an MVP candidate. Here's the beauty of his numbers. And, and we, we wrote about this this morning. You can find me on social media at Fish Sports. It's not just the, the volume of points or the efficiency of shooting, uh, or the grit in rebounding, because that triple-double, that, that's, that involves a lot of things. It's the unselfishness. There's, uh, there's other players in NBA history who can go and score at will without bothering to pass the ball, because that's how they score. <clears throat> Kobe Bryant. <clears throat> Kobe. <laughs> this guy does it with unselfishness. This guy's points and shots come largely within the flow of unselfishness. And Coach Rick Carlisle said that last night, that that's what makes this unique, is he's not disrupting the game of other scores. He's not disrupting the game of other potential scores. It's all within the flow of this offense. And it is a gorgeous thing to watch. For those of us who are Mavericks fans and followers, and media too, what an incredible treat. Dirk leaves, Luca comes, and we don't even have to suffer a gap in between. Yeah, it, it's incredible. I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything more impressive than the start he's had. I think right now he is the best player in the NBA. I mean, more points, more rebounds, more assists than the entire Golden State Warriors in the first quarter. It is a work of art. Mike Fisher, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Follow him at Fish Sports. Great to have you, my friend. Enjoy that game. Love to talk to you next week about it. Thanks, man. Thank you. Last night, Luka Doncic was a thing of beauty. The only thing I enjoyed more than that was the reaction, Ross, from the Sixers crowd when Ben Simmons did something amazing. And you never forget your first. You never forget your first. But it's hard to believe that Ben Simmons, as talented as he is, hit his first 
three-pointer in a game in the NBA. This is how it sounded last night for Philly. A below-average three-point shooter. There's Simmons. Yes! He did it! Ben Simmons! Hold me back, Ben! Maybe now they'll finally leave him alone after that. He hits the three. His first in his NBA career. That was not a game winner. That was just an early game three-pointer, the first of his career. NBC Sports Philly on the call. Ross, you're a three-point shooter, but... How do you account for the fact that someone is that talented to be a skilled player in the NBA? I could go out to my driveway and shoot, I don't know, two or three of 10. So could you. How do you account for a guy that gifted making his first three? He was 0 for 17 prior in his career. Uh, I think it's very simple, which is that he's never really had to do it. He is so gifted, so talented with the ball in his hands, and he's 6'10", he's never really had to shoot three-pointers. He's always been able to get to the rim. He's always been able to finish at the rim. He's always been able to distribute. He's never really had to shoot three-pointers. It is weird to me, though, that in his third year of professional basketball, he finally is like even working on a shot and able to make one. Like you think about the amount of time that those guys have shoot arounds and they work on their shot. You would have thought it would have happened earlier and maybe it happens a lot now. Maybe he just needed that first one day. Maybe he just needed, you know, to break through and now he'll feel comfortable and confident. You know, it is maddening. And really crazy as a Sixers fan to watch people play off of him like they have the last couple years. And he still is able to get to the rim a lot. He still is able to score and have like, like if he could shoot, he could be Luka Doncic. I mean, that that's who he could be. I mean, he is an he could be an unbelievable basketball player if he can just make 30% of his threes. Just be a threat. I'm not saying a high 30% of his threes. Now, one out of 18, uh, we got a little ways to go there. But you would have thought it was a national holiday, Dave. My whole Twitter timeline was all about Ben Simmons making that three. It was was incredible. Frankly, it reminded me of ZipRecruiter. Because ZipRecruiter and hiring can be a challenge. As Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered, she needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team. That's why she went to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates. You get them fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants. She also used ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones. That's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, 
ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, another basketball story is Pat Williams, who brought basketball to the city of Orlando. He helped nail down the Orlando magic. His next project is bringing Orlando baseball. And he unveiled an interesting team name and more importantly, logo yesterday that was widely panned on social media. Pat Williams, love this man, an author, a businessman, connected in the community, unveiled the Orlando Dreamers which is as bad as that name could possibly be, the logo was one step worse. It was the old school baseball, two bats across the top, and Twitter just absolutely crucified that name. I don't know what's funnier, the team name, the logo, or the notion of bringing another team into the state of Florida. Baseball has been a debacle there. It's empty for the Marlins. It is dead in Tampa, despite the fact that it's an outstanding organization. I can't imagine anything worse than baseball adding another team to Florida. But what's the worst part of that equation to you, Ross? The last part, uh, the, the whole idea or concept of it. Like, who is even putting time into this? And I love Pat as well. You know, he used to be with the Sixers, what he did for the Magic. What what is going on? There is no evidence whatsoever that baseball would be successful or popular in Florida at all. Not even a little bit. Like, I, I don't even know who could possibly have had this idea or what the thought process could be. How about no? How about N-O? How about bad idea? I mean, there's a million players... I, I, I am shocked by this. I don't even know. I, I haven't been following. Are they expanding? Like what like what's he even trying to accomplish? Is getting somebody hoping, to move there, an expansion franchise? Not happening. Hoping for an expansion team. I mean, the only thing that could possibly make sense is if you're just giving up on Tampa and moving a team over from Tampa to Orlando. Maybe that's the only thing that you could possibly reason because Tampa does need to be contracted at this point. Despite the fact that they perform just about every year, the fan base is a debacle. And we, unfortunately, are out of time on a Thursday tomorrow. We're going to have the founder and CEO of Sam Adams Beer with a $200 bottle of beer that is illegal in 15 states. We'll sample that and we'll figure out what is the market for the most expensive beer ever made that most of you, well, some of you can never buy. We'll see you on Friday. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.